Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right. So, beginning a brand new series. Nice and quiet here today. I like it. Beginning a brand new series of messages called The Missing Peace. And before I, I uh, jump in today, I just want to give credit where credit is due. Some of the material you're going to hear today and for the next several weeks, I am adapting from a preacher named Craig Groeschel. Most of you will not have heard of him, but I like to give credit where credit is due when I do that because sometimes I listen to other preachers and steal their ideas. That's what I do. Okay, so uh, beginning, uh, beginning today with the following question. What would you do if you had a wish? What would you do if you had just one wish? And if the words to an Eminem song are ringing in your head, your pastor sees you. Okay, so just one wish. Not, and you can't wish for more wishes. You got a wish. What would you wish for? Ponder that for a minute. For many people, the wish would take the shape of something financial. And that, that fits with scripture. You know, we're told... Uh, that, that money is going to be the thing that is our chief competitor for God's uh, affections, um, you know, or God's chi- chief competitor for our affections, I should say. Money's going to be the thing we struggle with. It's going to be the thing we're most likely to base our life around if we're not basing our life around God. It's going to be, and so money, and so for a lot of us, if we had just one wish, it would be financial. Some of you, you would wish for a husband, or you'd wish for a wife. Some of you would wish for a different husband or a different wife, and that could get awkward. (laughs) Some of you would wish for the resolution of a health crisis, or you'd wish for the the resolution of a legal matter, or you'd wish for the resolution of some other thing. But we all have these different wishes, and there's one wish that tends to not show up on our wish list that's actually really valuable. In fact, I think it's more valuable than all the other items on our wish list. It's peace. Most of us wouldn't wish, like if you had just one wish, you wouldn't just go, although, you know, right around this time of year, this word starts to pop up. You, you hear it a lot, you know, peace and love, uh, pe- peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I mean, peace on earth would be a pretty cool wish, wouldn't it? You could just, I mean, everybody just put down the guns, you know, everybody just, let's just be at peace. Yeah, let's just everybody settle down and we'll love one another and figure that out. I mean, that's a wonderful, easy thing for a pastor say, to say. I'm aware the geopolitical nuances of that statement are far more complex. But that's kind of what we'd wish for. We'd wish for peace. And it would be smart for you to wish for peace. Not necessarily world peace, but peace in your heart. Because you could have everything else on your wish list and still not have peace. Everybody with me? You could have all the other stuff on your wish list and still not have peace. You could have all the money and still not have peace. A lot of very wealthy people don't. You see that over and over again. So you're thinking, oh, the money would fix everything. It would not. It wouldn't. You could have the husband and still not have peace. You could have the, or the different husband or the different wife or the whatever. You could have, your love life could just be whatever you want it to be and you might still not have peace. You could find resolution to the legal matter. You could find resolution to the health problem. You could find everything else on your wish list and check every single box and still not have peace. It's more valuable than anything else on that wish list. It really is. 
So we're going to turn today into, into some scriptures that are going to help us understand how we can kind of find in this Christmas season this missing piece. Now in the last sermon series we did, we dove back in a little bit to the book of Isaiah. We're actually heading back there this morning. This is Isaiah chapter 26, beginning at verse 1. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. Now listen up. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Now, I don't know about you guys. When I experience peace, it is not perfect peace. Anybody else? When I experience peace, it's imperfect, which is to say it doesn't last very long. I, when I find a moment of peace, it is usually quickly interrupted by something else. Yes? Some of you, some of you are like, I can't even find, I can't get a minute's peace. You've, heard, you've said that before. It's too crazy. There's too much going on. My phone keeps ringing or deactivating or, you know, like there's always something else interrupting my peace. I can't find any peace. And when I find a little bit of peace, it goes away really quick. You know, I find peace. I, I, I find a little bit of peace. I, I forgive the person for what they did to me. And I let go of the anger. But then like 10 minutes later, I'm angry about it again. I, I, I resolve that situation, whatever it is that's troubling me, I pray and I give it to God and I lay it at God's feet and I feel peace. But then 10 minutes later, I'm worried about it again. The peace that we experience tends not to be perfect peace. We tend to experience imperfect peace. Never before in, in my years as a pastor, and I think this is borne out by national averages, I have never had so many people coming to me for prayer with regard to anxiety and depression. So many of us are, are struggling with this, and, and, and I keep hearing it. It's, it's this depression. It's this anxiety. I'm anxious. I'm a, I don't know what it is. It's just like I can't focus. I can't concentrate. I don't have any peace. So the peace we experience, when we experience it, is imperfect peace. But God talks about perfect peace. So let's, let's drill down into that. Where are my Jewish brothers and sisters at? How many of you know the Hebrew word? What up, Eric? Uh, how many of you know the Hebrew word for peace? Shalom. A couple of you did. Well done. And when I said it, you were like, oh yeah, I knew that. Um, so shalom. The Hebrew word shalom also connotates wholeness. And it is sometimes used as a greeting to say, peace, I'm wishing peace upon you. I'm wishing wholeness and completeness upon you. Shalom. But when the scripture in Isaiah talks about perfect peace, it actually in the Hebrew doesn't say perfect peace. What it says in the Hebrew is, he will keep in shalom, shalom. The word peace appears 
twice. And when the translation team that was rendering the Hebrew into English came across this, this repetition of the word, they knew they couldn't just transliterate that and push that into English. They knew they had to interpret that because if you were reading the Bible and you read, he will keep in peace, peace, those whose thoughts are fixed on him, you would think it was a typo. It wouldn't make sense in English. So they rendered shalom, shalom, perfect peace. What it says is you will be given a double portion of wholeness. You will be given a double portion of peace. Your, your complete peace will be complete. Like there's more peace than you'll even know what to do with. This peace will transcend the circumstances that are troubling you. This peace will overwhelm and conquer any other issue that is troubling you at this moment. He will keep in, not just shalom, he will keep in shalom, shalom. Those whose thoughts are what? Fixed on him. Those whose thoughts are fixed on God will be kept in shalom, shalom. So what does it mean to fix? Not to fix as in broken and repaired. Fix as in to fixate. Those whose thoughts are fixated on God. Did you notice the scriptures did not say he will keep in perfect peace those who are fixed, those whose minds are fixed on the news. Those whose minds are fixed on CNN shall be kept in perfect peace. Those whose minds are fixed on MSNBC shall be kept in perfect peace. Those whose minds are fixed on Fox News will be kept in perfect peace. Did you see what I did there? I mentioned all the different news cycles so I could cover all my political bases. Yeah, I see you. He will keep in, is your mind going to be kept? Are you going to experience shalom in your heart and in your mind if your mind is fixed on the news? No! You're not. You're going to be troubled and stressed and freaked out. He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on their retirement investments. Anybody having a good time fixating on their retirement investments over the last couple of years? Nah, B, nah. You're not, you're not going to be kept in perfect peace that way. How about those he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on social media. Those whose minds are fixed on TikTok, he will keep in perfect peace, or, or whatever it is. I mean, some of you, your social media feed is sucking the life out of you. It's sucking the life out of you. You're looking at the lives of people you don't even like. You're tracking your ex and hoping that bad things happen to them. You're, you're, you're tracking a former friend and you're jealous of the life they're living. You're looking at this one. You're looking at everybody else's highlight reel and comparing it to your life. It never enhances your life. It always, listen now, social media always takes more than it gives. Every time. He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are fixed on. No. No, he will keep in shalom, shalom, those whose thoughts are fixed on him. When he's the first thought in the morning 
and the last thought in the evening, and all during the day, you're thinking of him. That doesn't mean you turn yourself into a monk or a nun, and all you do is hole up and pray. It means that during the day, while you go to work, while you go to school, while you do whatever it is that occupies your days between Sundays, between your time here for the rest of the week, it means during the week, you're talking to him, you're in touch with him, you're thinking of him, you're, you're, you're aware, you're living your life aware that you are embedded in a vast, amazing story, and you have been given a part to play. That you, when you honor God today, you honor God and you love others and you serve the world around you, you're playing the part you were given in something incredible. You fix your eyes on him and you fix your mind on him and shalom, shalom will come to rest in your heart. You will start to understand a really precious truth. And if you have to leave early, catch this. The peace you're looking for is not found in the absence of all your problems. The peace you're looking for is found in the presence of God. The peace you're looking for is not found in the absence of all your problems. Some of you are just thinking, if I could just get rid of this problem, I'd have peace. If I could just check this off, I'd have peace. If I could figure this, I'll get this checked off, I'll get this figured out, I'll just I'll arrange, the, arrange my life this way and get it all worked out, then I'll finally be through this season and have some peace. You're, the peace you are looking for, the shalom, shalom, the complete completeness, the whole wholeness, the all of it that God wants for you is not to be found in the absence of your problems. There's always gonna be problems. The shalom you're looking for, the peace you're looking for is not found in the absence of your problems. It's found in the presence of God. And the presence of God is available to you to fix your eyes and your mind on him. He will keep in perfect peace, in shalom, shalom, those whose eyes are fixed on him and mind. Um, this is from John chapter 4. We'll jump into the New Testament for a minute. This is, this is Jesus speaking with his disciples, talking about his ascension when he's leaving. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I'm leaving you a gift. I give you my peace. This is, this is a gift the world can't give you. The world cannot provide you with peace. The world cannot provide you with this shalom that you want, this, this sense of wholeness and completeness, and this that your soul craves, that you want so badly. This thing that transcends all the other stuff on your radar and yet never pops up on anybody's wish list. This thing you need so badly. Jesus says, my peace I give you. The world can't give it and the world can't take it away unless you let it. The world can't give it and the world can't take it away unless you let it. That means you have some agency here. You have something to say about whether or not you're at peace. And look, if you're struggling, if the anxiety and depression thing has its hooks into you, it might be that you need some medicine. And there is nothing wrong with that. 
We've got to take the stigma off of that for a minute. Some of you, you might need some therapy. You might need some medicine. Go get that help. And anybody, anybody, anybody that gives you gas about that can go suck an egg. You feel me? Everybody with me on this? Like, just... Get the help you need. I'm not, but I'm not talking here about a, about a chemical imbalance that needs medicinal correction. I'm talking about the anxiety and struggle that we, we experience as a result of our own choices and what we fix our mind on. Do you guys remember this? Do you remember this passage? We don't have time to look up every one of these verses, but do you, if you've been going to church for a little bit, do you remember the story about Jesus and his disciples in the boat? You guys remember this? They're in the boat. They're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and the storm comes up. Remember this passage? If you don't, Jesus and his disciples are in the boat, and they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and the storm comes up. Thank you for that summary. You're welcome. Uh, So what's Jesus doing when the storm comes? He's asleep. He's taking a nap. I am personally validated by the fact that Jesus took naps. I don't know about you, that is a spiritual thing for me. I could do a whole sermon just on the holiness of naps, okay? Some of us, we'd have a lot more shalom if we took a nap once in a while, okay? So uh, I'm just gonna say that, that's a whole nother message, but if that's what you needed today, you go right on ahead and have some shalom on your couch, okay? So um, he's taking a nap, the storm comes up, and this is not a small storm. Some of these guys are actually commercial fishermen and they're freaked out. So the boat is pitching and rocking. Jesus apparently is a very sound sleeper. Uh, the boat's taken on water. Things are going sideways. And they wake Jesus up and they're like, dude, this is a terrible time to take a nap. Uh, we're all really freaked out. In fact, we think we might be in mortal peril here. Jesus wakes up. He says, you guys, where's your faith? He actually says, ye of little faith. Don't worry about this. I got this. Steps into the bow of the boat and says to, to the storm, Peace, be still, shalom. But here, it's not a greeting. It's not, shalom, hi storm, nice to see you, peace. It's a command. The rabbi's tone here is very different now. Peace, shalom, be still. He speaks to the storm and tells it, quiet down. Now some of us might need to address the storms in our life. There are storms without and storms within, yes? There are storms out there that are beyond your control. Stuff is happening and you can't control it and it's just impacting you. You're feeling the wind, you're getting rained on, it's tough, it's noisy, it's, it's a crazy storm. But there are other storms that are right in here, aren't there? Those are the harder ones to deal with. Some of you need to take the agency that God gave you and take the identity that God gave you as, as general manager of your own life and your own soul and say to the storm in your life, Shalom, be still. Quiet down. And, and, it, and if you, you want a life hack, let me hit you with a, you know what a life hack is? Anybody know what a life hack is? A little like secret. Really effective one though. If you want to begin to experience God's peace in your heart, really experience it. Praise him from the storm.
praise his name from that hardship. That doesn't come easy or naturally. Don't expect it to. Just do it. Praise his holy name from the storm. Now by that, I don't mean become, have you guys ever met like, um, guys ever come across like some cheeseball hallelujah Christian that just says praise the Lord all the time no matter what's going on in their life? That's not what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about? Don't be that dude. I'm not talking about plasticity. I'm not talking about shellac. I'm not talking about the veneer of, of the, the, the unflappable, um, blessed and highly favored every day of my life. No matter, th- That's not reality. You know and I know that's not reality. But here's some reality. You can, in the middle, go, okay, I was really hoping this wouldn't be a cancer diagnosis, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise you, God. I still think you're good. I was really hoping that this legal matter would go a different direction but I'm going to praise you. Uh, My kid's in trouble, but I'm going to praise you. There was a car accident, but I'm going to praise you. And if you can't praise him, you could ask for help praising him. You could say, I can't praise you right now because I'm angry, but I need help. I'm trying to praise you. Could you help me? You follow that? You can pull that off. You may not be able, I'm not telling you to lie, but there are times, David in, 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 in the book of Psalms at times says, praise the Lord my soul. He tells himself, you gotta praise the Lord. Presumably at a time when this doesn't come easily, he's telling himself, you gotta focus on God. You gotta fix your eyes on God. You gotta fix your mind on God. If you fix your mind on the circumstance, it's gonna chew you up. You're gonna have anxiety. It's never, you're not gonna have any shalom. There's not gonna be any peace. You're just gonna be at the mercy of the wind and the waves. And that is no way to live. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing like a... Something like an amen from a baby. Okay. (laughs) You want real peace. Praise him from the storm. Fix your eyes on him. Delete the social media stuff. Stop watching so much of the news. It'd be okay if you didn't catch every news story right as it came off the ticker. You'll hear about the important stuff, trust me. Stop focusing so much on your retirement account or what's in the bank or what's going on in everybody else's life and fix your eyes on him and you will come to experience. Last verses of the day, Philippians chapter four, beginning at verse six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You will experience God's peace. Another translation says, this is the peace that passes understanding. In other words, you'll have peace. You'll have shalom even when it doesn't make sense for you to have peace. You'll have peace in the middle of crazy time. 
You ever met somebody just going through? Once in a while, you just come across somebody, and they're in it. I mean, they are up to their eyeballs, and it's, it's bad, and there's things coming off the rails at all times, and they just look at you and go, I'm actually okay. Don't you just want to punch that person in the face? <laughs> yeah, because you don't understand it. I don't understand it. It's hard. I don't, I don't get that. You just, you kind of freak out. And, but, but it happens. It's real. The Bible speaks of a peace that passes understanding, a shalom that is somehow not, not subject to, to the circumstances. The circumstances can't get to it. It says, pray about everything. Did you catch it? Pray about everything. Tell the Lord what you need. Pray about everything, and then thank him for all he's done. God, I'm just praying you'll heal me of this cancer diagnosis, and I also want to thank you for the many years of good health that I've had. God, I want to, I want to pray that this car accident thing goes away, but I just want to thank you that I could afford a car in the first place. You just thank him for all he's done, even in the midst of the storm. Even, even in the midst of it, fix your eyes on him. Fix your mind on him. And the peace that passes understanding will take up residence. You will begin to experience it. It won't simply be a foreign concept, a, a, a pastoral abstraction. No, it'll become real in your life. Your life will change. You will start to see the world around you differently when peace is at the top of your wish list. When peace is the thing you're after more than anything else, you focus your eyes on him and it takes up residence right here. We're going to pick it up right here next week for part two. For today... Receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance unto you and grant you his peace. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We do. And we need your peace so badly. We so deeply need to fix our minds on you. Father, we're just so easily distracted. There's so many things that just disturb our peace. Can you help us, Lord, with this? Can you just create faith within us and, and cause us to be a people for whom you're our first thought in the morning and you're our last thought before we go to bed at night and all during the day as we do the things we do and interact with our families and our friends and our jobs and our schools and all the stuff that fills our days as we interact with all this stuff, God, just help us to keep our eyes and minds connected to you and focused on you so that when trouble comes... We have something inside of us that isn't subject to the storm. You weren't. And when we have you inside of us, we're able to speak into the storm and say shalom. We'll have a peace that, that you talk about in these verses, God. We want that peace so badly. May that be true in my life. May that be true in all of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. 
If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.